Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. you to take your Bibles out, if you will, please. And everyone should have received sermon notes. And this is going to be a continuation of last Sunday uh, when I'm talking about how to live an extraordinary, extraordinary or extraordinary life. And we're looking in Hebrews chapter number 11, and we're going to be in verses 23 down through verse number 27. So uh, while you're turning there, let me make reference to one more thing. Before we get started too far in this, uh, we're starting our D6 church-wide study. And so I want to encourage you, most of you, a lot of you guys, I should say, have already placed your order. Uh, your order is in. So if you placed an order within the last several weeks uh, through the church, your booklets are here. So be sure you go into the church office immediately after service, see Don Adam, and pick up your books. Okay? If you have not purchased your books, I want ev- everyone to at least get one of these two. Okay, we have books for the entire family. Uh, we have age graded books for every child in your family. And what this does, this is going to get all of us church wide, uh, small groups, families, individuals, uh, how, however you want to study this. It's going to get us all studying the same thing through the scripture. Okay. And then I am going to be preaching on the theme, not necessarily the scripture or the lesson, but the theme. I'm going to be unpacking that every week uh, as we move forward. Okay. So we're starting this the first Sunday in September. So I want to encourage everyone to get your fusion, your D6 family God, family devotional book. Okay. Now we have one that's for parents with children at home and we have another fusion with parents that have grown Children And some have asked the question, what if we have no children? Well, it would be the fusion with children at home. That would be a book that you get. Because whether you biologically have kids or not, you're still responsible for doing what? Matter of fact, it's the third part of our mission. You're still responsible for what? Everybody say it. You're still responsible for? Yeah. That's whether you have children or not. You're still responsible for that. So this book, uh, The Parents with Children at Home, will be the book that everyone should get. Unless you have had children and they are now grown and they've blessed. Now, listen. Well, my kids, matter of fact, uh, the Albrights, I saw the Albrights somewhere. Where are they? There they are, right in the middle. I know they just moved off their kids to college. And what other parents do we have here that moved their kids off to college? Okay. So just let me say this. I've always heard that when you move your kids off to college, you experience empty nest. Well, that's not necessarily true because both of them came back after college. Right? So you kind of have them out for a little bit and then they come back and now one's married and the other one's getting married. So we're kind of really starting to experience empty nest to a degree because, well, we have my mother-in-law with us still. 
which is always a joy. It's a wonderful thing, right? Uh, so anyway, get your D6 Fusion uh, devotional guide, and we're going to be collectively studying that as families, and uh, we're going to be unpacking that together here on Sundays. So be sure you get that study guide. If you haven't received it already, uh, go to the office and pick those up. I saw some of you getting those this morning, okay? So we're talking about living this extraordinary life, extraordinary life. How is it that we do that? Well, I think there's some things that we can see in the life of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11 that God gives us in his word that can help us to live this type of a life. Now, if you go in Hebrews chapter 11, that's the great roll call of faith. It's a wonderful passage of scripture. You'll find just ordinary people, just like you and me, that did extraordinary things in their life. They were extraordinary people, but just common, regular folk. They weren't perfect. By any stretch of the imagination, matter of fact, as you go through Hebrews chapter 11 and you start unpacking all the stories about all the individuals that are mentioned there, you're going to find out that some of those guys, they messed up. Some of those guys were just definitely anything but perfect individuals. I don't know about you, but I like that. Because I can relate to that, right? I'm not a perfect guy, but I'm striving to live for the Lord. So I find a lot of um, encouragement as I look in Hebrews chapter number 11. But we're going to begin in verse number 23. So if you have your text, go ahead and open it up there. Scripture says that by faith, after Moses was born, he was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they did not fear the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since his attention was on the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered As one who sees him as invisible. Let's pray together and then we'll get into this message. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for your word. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God would finger around our hearts. And I just pray that you would take the word of God and make us more like the Son of God. Help us, Lord, to be like these individuals that we see in Hebrews chapter number 11 in the great hall of fame of faith we want to be faithful people we want to be people that are living for you we want to live an extraordinary life and the only way we can do that is by faith in you you have a purpose and a plan for every single one of us and lord i just pray that you meet every need here today hide me behind the shadow of the cross may folks see and hear from jesus today in your name we pray amen Everyone should have your sermon notes. I want you to go ahead and take those out. And last week, you'll notice uh, I've already got them filled in for you this week. And that's because that's what we unpacked last week. So I'm not going to go back and really drill down in any of those. You can go back and watch those. Does everyone have a sermon note? If you do not, raise your hand and our guys will get some to you. We've got a couple right here in the front that do not have a sermon note. So if you guys will help out there. Okay. So here's four things that we see in the life of Moses that... That we must apply to our life if we're going to live this extraordinary life. And the first thing is simply just this. When we ask the question, why was Moses effective? The first thing is that he was just himself. 
He chose to be himself. So for us to be effective and to be used by God and to live this extraordinary life, we've got to get to the place where we are, are ourselves. So simply be yourself. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder right now and tell them just be yourself. Go ahead and do that right now. Just be yourself. Here's why I want you to do that. And last week I unpacked this a little bit more. But guys, there's something liberating about getting to the place in your life where you can be comfortable in your own skin and just be the person that God has called you to be. Amen? You don't have to... The quickest way to get ulcers is trying to be what everybody else expects you to be. Are you with me? It's so liberating when you can get to the place... Now, I'm not saying you get to the place where you make excuses for a sloppy life, and I won't unpack that anymore, right? We're, we're living for the Lord. We're trying to live for Him. But here's what I want you to understand. There's no one here by accident today. You were not born into this world by an accident. You are not a mistake. I don't care how you were conceived, there are no mistakes or accidents with God. He has ordained you to be here in this time and age and day that you are here. He has a plan for your life. I don't care what your background may be, don't care what your parents may or thought about you or did not think about you. None of that matters. What matters is God loves you. And God has created you. And God has called you here for such a time as this. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So what you've got to do is discover what is that plan and purpose for my life and just be yourself. Moses had an identity crisis. He had to decide whether he was going to live out his heritage being born a Jew or if he was going to live out being an Egyptian because he was raised by the Egyptians. Two different polar opposites that he had to make a decision in his identity crisis, who am I going to be? Well, he chose to go with who God had called him to be. So first thing is simply be yourself. Number two, I want you to get this one. And did my battery just die? There we go. I want you to be responsible. So you've got to accept responsibility for where you are in your life. And I unpacked that last week. I'm not going to say much more about that. But here's what you cannot do. You cannot keep playing the blame game. you got to realize choices that we all have made yesterday, they show themselves or reveal themselves in the way that we are living today. Okay? So we are the one that must take responsibility for decisions. We are the ones that must take responsibility for our life the way that we are today. And then if you don't like where it is, just pray and ask God to help you change it and maybe go down a different path and do something a little bit different. The definition of insanity, we all know what that is, right? Doing the same thing and expecting different Results, right? So we got to change things up a little bit. I've got in my notes, I'm not sure I mentioned this last week. Do you realize there's really no one that can ruin your life except you? You are the only one that can ruin your life. You say, what about Satan? My argument there, he's not powerful enough. Scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So Satan is not powerful enough to ruin and destroy your life. God certainly will not do it. Why? Because he loves us. So it only leaves one person that can ruin a life. And that is that individual. Until that individual rises up and starts taking responsibility for their life, then they're the only ones that really is, could ruin their life. Does that make sense? 
Satan can't. He's not powerful enough. God won't because he loves you. So we got to realize that, hey, we're the ones. We've got to take responsibility for our life. And I unpacked that one a little more last week. The third thing is simply this. I'm going to drill down more in this one. The third one is simply establish a value system. And we're going to see in Scripture where Moses established a value system that helped him make the right decisions so that God could use him to do what it is that God had called him to do. And we're going to drill down on that a little bit more. And then the fourth one is simply, back here, back up here. The fourth one is, what is the fourth one? Keeping your eye on the goal, and we'll get to that one. Let's talk about this, this value system here real quickly. Whenever we think about the value systems, do you realize the world has a value system? The world's value system are pretty much built around these three things here on the screen. The world's value system is built around pleasure, it's built around possessions, and it's built around power. And the world just simply says, boy, if we can get those three things in life, we will have achieved all that there is to achieve in life. Or we look at that and we think, man, I would give my right arm to live a life of pleasure and have all these possessions and have all this power and all this wealth. That's what the world sells us every single day. Guys, do you realize that Moses had all three of these, but yet he gave those up for the will of God in his life? And so if we're going to live this extraordinary life, we can't keep chasing after pleasure and possessions and power. Now, Scripture teaches us, is there pleasure and activity and fun in this? Yes, it is. But it's short-lived. Scripture even tells us in the text we just read that there's short-lived pleasure in sin. There's pleasure in sin for a season, Scripture teaches us. So we have to decide, do I want this short-lived pleasure in my life or this short-lived sense of possession and power in my life? Or do I want to live out God's will in my life? That's the decision. That's the place where we must get in our life. So I want to share with you really three things here. Jot these down in your notes. These are three things, if you look on the back side of your notes, these are three things that we look in the life of Moses and we can see what his value system was that allowed God to use him in this extraordinary way. Number one, he saw that God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. Look what he says in verse number 24. It says, by faith... Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses, when he had grown up, here's what I find interesting there. When he was a baby, God had chosen him. But when he grew up, he chose God. And you know something? God has chosen all of us. And there comes a time in our life when we must choose the Lord and the things of the Lord and the way of the Lord. And God is going to leave that choice to us. But here we see in verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that was a status symbol to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Do you think in that he had power and pleasure and prosperity and all these things that the world chases after? But he gave all of that up. I mean, he was second in command to the throne. I mean, he was the guy. He was the big man on the campus. 
He was the big guy around the pyramids. And if they built skyscraper pyramids in that day, like they built skyscraper buildings in that day, it probably had Moses across the top of it, right? He was the guy. But he gave all of that up. Why? Because he wanted God's purpose to be lived out in his life more than he wanted the popularity of the culture and the world around him. Here's the thing that I'm most impressed about with Moses, and it's simply this. Moses wasn't impressed with himself. You ever seen those individuals that are so impressed with themselves? You ever seen them? Man, they're just so impressed with themselves. And it doesn't take you long or it doesn't take them long to let you know that they are very impressed with themselves, right? We've all seen it. Moses had every reason to be impressed with himself. Did he not? All the riches... All the wealth, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, second in line, number one guy besides Pharaoh himself, number one guy around the campus. Everywhere he went, people were bowing. Everywhere he went, he had folks that are just at his beck and call to do whatever he needed. Everyone wanted to hang out with Moses, being Pharaoh's, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had all this popularity. But Moses realized something that we all need to realize. Popularity can leave as fast as it can come, right? We've seen that in our culture. We've seen that in our world. Moses knew that he could be on the front cover of the Rolling Stones and then be forgot about tomorrow, figuratively speaking, obviously, right? So the point I want you to get is we've got to get to the place where we realize that it is more important for me to live out God's purpose and calling in my life than it is to seek popularity from the world today. Second thing, get this one, number two. Second, value. Now, you've got to understand about these values, it's what drives us to make decisions. The first one, Moses, he wanted God's purpose instead of popularity. The second one, he understood that people are more important than pleasures. People are more important than pleasures. Guys, you realize the most important thing you can do in life, the number one most important thing you can do in life is to love the Lord. Do you know what the number two most important thing you can ever do in life is? To love each other. It's not possessions. It's not popularity. It's people. And Moses realized the greatest thing that I can do is live out God's purpose. Not really concerned about all these possessions. Or all this popularity, but God's purpose. And then second, he realized people are of far more value than pleasures. Oh, if we could get a hold of that. If we could get to the place where we love our neighbor as ourselves, If we get to the place where we care about other people more than we care about ourselves, If we get to the place where we realize that, hey, life is really not about me. Just this past week, I had the conversation with Kim, which is the owner of the funeral home, where we were yesterday for Jerry's funeral and receiving a friend. And she, she called me. She said, okay, Pastor, you're officiating the ceremony, and you're, you're the guy in charge here. She said, uh, what do you want in this ceremony? Well, I quickly told her, whoa, 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 hold it. Whoa, stop. Number one, this is not about me. It doesn't matter what I want. This is not about me. This is about Becky, and this is about her family. 
Let's make sure we give them what they want. Now, I'm going to share something from Scripture, but it's certainly not about me. You know what she said? She said, how refreshing to hear that from a pastor, that it's not all about them. Which led me to believe, apparently there's a whole lot of preachers out there, that let her know that it's all about them. God's, to me, a sign of maturity is getting to the point where you realize life's not really about me. Moses got to this place, and he realized, you know, it's not about me having popularity or about me just having fun in life or having these pleasures in life. It's about me living out God's purpose in my life. It's about me living out God's calling in my life. It's about me caring for people in my life. I'll have this whole world be a better place if we just line up with the principles that are unpacked in God's Word. But we've gotten so far away from the book, we wonder why our world's a mess today. It's because we thrive for popularity and pleasure and prosperity instead of purpose and people. But Moses cared about people. Look in verse number 25. It says this. It says, he chose to be mistreated or he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived what? Pleasure of sin. There's his values. Here we see those unpacked for us in Scripture. Moses said, I choose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. Why would anyone in Moses' position that had all the wealth and all the popularity and being raised in Pharaoh's family there in the castle and all that he had... Why would he leave all of that to go after those people that were slaves and serve them? Because he knew what God's calling on his life was. He knew that God had called him to be the man that was going to lead those people out of bondage. They were in slavery at this time. But he chose to leave the castle and go mingle with the slaves. Now, also, if you study the life of Moses... You'll see that he took some things into his own hands that probably he shouldn't have done. And he got ahead of God's call on his life, which led him to 40 years on the backside of the desert. But what a lesson that was. But here we are now 80 years removed when Moses finally gets the command to go to Pharaoh and lead his people out. He loved God's purpose and the people that God has calling him to serve. Third thing, and I'll wrap it up with this one is that God's peace is more valuable than possessions. God's peace is more valuable than possessions. You know, there's something more valuable in life than anything else in the world, and that's that peace that passes all understanding. You see, before I make a major decision in my life, I search out for that. If I have a restless spirit about it, I'm not at peace with it. I've got to discover and find and know that peace that passes all understanding. I know I've got to have it. It's the greatest thing in life when you can just live at peace with yourself, at peace with others, peace with those around you. And the only way you can do that, because that's not the world system, right? The world system is hug everybody with a knife and stick a knife in their back and step on everybody to elevate yourself, right? That's the world system. But God's system says, no, I'm going to serve you. 
I'm going to sacrifice for you. I'm going to give of myself for you. I understand what the purpose is. I understand who the people are. And that brings me peace. And we see that in Moses' life where he had this peace. And why did he have this peace? And why did he make this decision? Because his eyes, Scripture says in verse number 26, it says because he was looking ahead to the reward. Verse number 26. He was looking ahead to the reward, okay? He had his eye on the goal. He was focused on the Lord. And guys, that's what we've got to do. Three things we've got to do in order for us, I think, to have a good value system. We've got to understand what God's purpose is. We've got to understand the people that he's called us to serve and what he's called us to do. And then we just simply got to have that peace that passes all understanding. If we have that value system... It's going to change the way we make decisions. You see, your value system is so important. Why is that? Why is your value system important? Shout out some answers. Why is it important? Keeps you on the straight and narrow. It guides you in making all of your decisions. You see, every single one of us are making decisions every single day. And you're going to make decisions today that's going to have huge ramifications on your life tomorrow. And so we've got to have a good set of core values. You know, let me tell you where you find those? Right here in God's Word. If you just decide today that I am going to build my life around the Word of God. Now that doesn't mean... It doesn't mean you have to carry a Bible around and hit everybody over the head with it and be holier than thou or be self-righteous or be judgmental and be all of that stuff. There's enough people doing that. Why don't you just live out the gospel in your life, right? Just care about people. Just realize that life is not really about me. It's about me serving others and helping other people. And whenever we live out this value system, it's going to make a major difference in our life. Moses chose that. Think that all he gave away, the power, the popularity, the pleasure, the possessions. Our world today says we would give our right arm to be where Moses was or to have what Moses had. And everybody is getting up on Monday morning and they're fighting the world to try to get those things. And Moses had them, but he let them all go. Why? Because he wanted to live out God's purpose in his life. And he wanted to care out and, and take care of God's people. If we get to that place, it'll change the way we make decisions. So I think the value system is big for all of us. We've got to establish that. Every single day, you make decisions based off of your value system. You go places based off your value system. You indulge in things based off your value system. You raise your children based off your value system. So my question is, what is your value system? Is it in alignment with the Word of God? If it's not, then that's where we need to start. And if it is in alignment with the Word of God, then you're well on your way to living this extraordinary life like Moses lived, and all these in the great hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter number 11. Okay? So I just want to unpack a little bit about the value system there because it's that important. Let's live out God's plan. Let's live out His purpose in our life. Let's choose rather possibly to suffer. Scripture says that Moses suffered because of his choices of following after the Lord. But at the end of the day, it came out for the good. 
right? So that's what I want for every single one of us, that we can get to the place where we live out God's values in our life, make our decisions accordingly, live in God's purpose, carry out his plan in our life. When we do that, you'll be living a blessed, extraordinary life. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's have the band come on up. I want to close with a few comments here and a word of prayer with every single one of us. Let me share something with you here. I wonder, where are you today as you look at your value system, as you look at your own life? Is there something that you need to tweak in your life? And guys, every single day, every single week, every month, every year, we should be evaluating our life, making sure that we are making decisions based off of our value system. So which of the things do you need to work on in your life? Is it simply possibly you need to just be yourself? Just decide today, you know what? I'm just going to be that person that God's called me to be. It's liberating. It's exciting. It's freedom. Just be who God's called you to be. Do you need to accept responsibility for your own decisions? Do you need to set a value system in your life? Do you need to place your eyes back on the goal? All of these things are what Moses did to help him live this extraordinary life. And I want to ask you to do the same thing. Evaluate your life. You're the only one that can make those decisions. You're the only ones that can look there and see that. Maybe God spoke to you today about something, and I just want to give you a moment here just to do business with the Lord. We live in a very fast-paced world. And oftentimes we don't slow down enough to do business with God. Maybe God's fingering around in your heart right now. And let me put you at ease. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward. I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hand. I just want you to do business with the Lord right there where you're sitting. We're not going to draw attention to anyone. But what has God spoke to you about through this message last Sunday and today? What has God spoke to you about? Do business with the Lord. Pay attention to what it is that God is speaking to you about. Let's pray. Father, Lord, right now there's folks making decisions. God, you've spoken to our hearts today through your word and through the life of Moses. And maybe there's some of us here today that need to tweak our value system a little. Maybe there's some of us that need to refocus our thoughts on you. Maybe there's some here that just need to get happy in their own skin and live out who it is that you've called them to be. God, maybe we just need to accept responsibility for our own life and realize that Satan is not powerful enough to destroy it. And that, God, you certainly will not because you love us so much that we're the only ones that can destroy our life. Help us to take responsibility today. Help us to set these biblical core values in our life of living out your purpose, your calling, and loving people the way you've called us to love people. Whether they're church people or unchurched people, Christian people or the world, it doesn't matter. We're called here to serve. Help us to live life as your servants. And quit chasing 
the worldly system of power and popularity and possessions. Moses had all that. And he left it all behind to follow you. And Lord, you used him in a powerful, mighty way to the point that he is in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Use us, Lord. Help us to have this mindset of Moses. And if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is that today would be the day of salvation. That today they would look to you, the Son of God, who died on the cross for their sins. We ask you, Lord, to finger around with that heart. May they repent of their sins and ask you into their life and be born again. Father, thank you for our time together today. Bless each and every one that is here. Use all of us in extraordinary ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.